You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Seahawks go down to Houston and get it done 33-13. to Back-to-back games these guys have pulled off. First time this year, happy for these guys. Russell Wilson, 17-28. 260 yards, two touchdowns. Rashad Penny was one of the stars of the show. The first rounder looked like a first rounder. 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, third consecutive year with over 1,000 yards receiving. He had five catches for 142 yards and one touchdown. It seemed like this offense just kept clicking. Great on third down today. Seven for 13 on third downs held the Houston Texans to three of 13. Time of possession, they did not win the time of possession, but they kept it close. The Hawks possessed the ball for 26 minutes. The Houston Texans possessed the ball for 33 minutes. Rookie Davis Mills came out high, completing 14 of 14 of his passes, and then kind of fell off from there. Defensively, Bobby Wagner led all tacklers with 15 right behind him. Is Jordan Brooks. Great team win for this football team. We got a lot of stuff we're going to go over. We're going to talk to Steve Rabel. We'll get interviews with Jen Mueller down in the locker room. We'll hear from... Head coach Pete Carroll and players as they step up to the podium. Lots to do coming up here on the Seahawks radio network. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. I am Michael Bumpus. Your Seahawks get it done. 33-13. to 13. Go down to Houston. Win back-to-back games for the first time this year. And now we are joined by Rabel. Steve Rabel, man, it was a great game. Fun to watch a young Rashad Penny. I know it's his fourth year, but we haven't seen much of him. 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. You got to feel happy for that young man. Well, you really do. And you just listen to him talk, and there's, you know, there's no braggadocio there. I mean, he just understands it's been so tough for him injury-wise after having never been injured in his college career. He knew what he could do, but he also understood that a lot of people looked at him and thought, well, maybe the kid can't do it. Maybe he just can't stay healthy. Maybe he's not the guy for this team. But once he's been able to get out there now and play healthy and get behind that offensive line, man, oh, man, he looked good today. And, again, we, we kind of put the caveat on it that, yes, Houston is not a great run-stopping defense. But still, Seahawks offense up front, they opened holes, and then Penny took advantage of that and took what would be like a six- or seven-yard gain and broke off, a, broke off a couple of big touchdown runs. So just really fun to watch him play today. Yeah, you're right, Raves. The – Texans aren't great against the run, but you still got to run at 193 yards. What they are good at is against the pass. I think they're ranked number 15th in the league when it comes to defending the pass. Tyler Lockett found a way to get loose. Five catches, 142 yards, one touchdown, three consecutive seasons, over 1,000 yards. This guy just seems to get open whenever he wants to, Rabel. Yeah, there are so many great receivers in this league, and so many of them are, you know, the big, strong guys, and they can run and all those things. They have all the measurables. Tyler Lockett has a measurable, too. It's in the middle of his chest, and it's about as big as a 60-inch screen of a TV. It's his heart. He finds a way to make plays. He's got great skills. His feet are second to none, not only in running his routes, but in getting those toes down to keep the catch inbounds when most people would not even believe that he could have stayed in and he's got great hands and great concentration and on top of that he's one of the best citizens you'll ever meet so what a great teammate he must be on this Seahawks team I'm happy for him and he found a way he bailed out Russ a couple of times with some big catches 
Nice guys don't always finish last, man. That's Tyler Lockett for you. There you go. You. And how about, how about these third downs, Rabel? Finally, these guys are over 50%. The Hawks were 7 of 13 on third downs. I know that's something we stress they need to get better at. When you see that number, it lets you know this offense is moving in the right direction and making big plays. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes not making big plays, but just making the play they needed to make when, you know, a third down and four is a lot easier than a third down and 13. Now, they had a couple of penalties that backed them up and put them in third and long situations. But for the most part, didn't hurt themselves too badly. There was one touchdown that came off the board on a hold, and that was unfortunate. But sometimes those things happen. But you just keep coming back, and you keep doing the things that you do well. We run the ball well. We just haven't done it all season long until the last couple of weeks. But I'll tell you what, this is a great time of year to find that running game because now is when you really want to go out there and if not control the time of possession, at least get that kind of balance that keeps your offense on the field for a lot of time. And that's what the Seahawks have done now. Two straight weeks. Let's see if they can do it against the Rams. I love it, Rabel. Let's ride this wave. And as usual, man, get home safely. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Michael. All right. That was Steve Rabel. I'm Michael Bumpus. I'll be joined by Ray Robbins and Robert Turbin. When we come back, we'll get interviews from Jim Mueller. Also hear players that they step up to the podium. Seahawks get it done in Texas, 33-13 to with the victory. Rashad Penny had himself a day. Thanks for joining us. This is the post-game show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. Rashad Penny had 16 carries, 137 yards, and two touchdowns, and I happen to be sitting here with an offensive lineman and a running back. Um. How, how how lucky are you, hey, man? I am no. blessed. I am blessed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's it's just so it's so nice to see a young man go through all the stuff he's been through. Right? Was never hurt in college. I'm talking about Rashad Penny. Never hurt in college. Was a return guy. Big play. I mean, when the Hawks drafted this young man, I went and watched the film. I'm like, yeah, th- th- there's gonna be some big plays out there. But you know how this league is. Sometimes you're just unlucky. And Rashad Penny has been unlucky when it comes to his health. It's nice to see him come out here. And from the start, I believe that the very first carry he had, it just looked different. It felt different. And uh, to, for him to have the day that he had after all the stuff he's been through as a fan and as an analyst, I just enjoyed watching it, Ray. Yeah, it was, it's pretty cool because, uh, you know, even you know in the first half when he was doing pretty good, you know, at least on my Twitter feed, some people were saying like, oh, man, look what happens when, you're, when it's almost your contract year. And it's like this dude is probably like – obviously it's – you're working, so you want to make money. You know what I'm saying? But the but the idea that that is his motivation, this dude probably you, you have to prove to yourself that you can be who you say you are, right? Before you start trying to think about how big your purse is, you know. And uh, and so this dude has had an unbelievable battle, unbelievable untimely injuries, all these different kinds of things. And then and then sometimes when he has been back, he's trying to figure out what type of runner he is and all those different kinds of things. And I think early in the you know in the first half, the one thing that Turbo pointed out was just how decisive he was like he knew where he wanted to go he trusted what like like turbo said he trusted his eyes and he, and he hit the hole where you know and and with energy and with speed and with power finished off his runs like those types of things like uh i'm sure tonight when he uh is is flying back here or or you know thinking about the game he's not necessarily thinking about his paycheck but he's thinking about him getting back to doing what he does and doing it well yeah man listen Adversity creates opportunity, and if you see it that way, uh, it gives you a really good chance to overcome whatever it is that you're going through, you know, and as an individual, it can be one of your greatest accomplishments, man, whether it's in life, whether it's in your career, and it's the same thing as a, as a team. You know, we talked about, man, this team finishing and fighting. 
you can overcome adversity and create some amazing accomplishments that way. And that's what you saw today with Rashad, man. I mean, listen, he's had to overcome some battles as it pertains to his physical health, his mental health, right? Because injuries can be, you know, effective with your mental health. And then, you know, people on the outside saying things, you know, maybe some concerns about his career. He overcame all of that, man. To get to this moment and have a game like this is great to see. And if you can get this guy going, who knows what this run game could look like to kind of close out the season. We knew that the Houston Rock, Houston Rockets, Houston Texans were not great <laughs> against the run. So it's nice to have the, the Hawks come out and, and remind them that they're not great against the run, rush for 193 yards. Like I mentioned with Rabel, they are good against the pass. And yet Tyler Locke has still found a way to get open. I don't know if they're not watching film. You know Locke is going to run about three or four <laughs> deep crosses. And for some reason, he always makes it work. Russell Wilson was efficient today, 17 and 28, 262 touchdowns. Most importantly, took care of the football. What does a guy like Tyler Lockett mean to this offense, right? It's like whenever you need a big play, whenever you need to, to get the offense kick-started, number 16 just comes through, had a long of 55. Well, I mean, if you're going to be real with yourself and you're watching a guy like Tyler, you have no complaints. Like, you have nothing to complain about. This dude on some days may get three or four targets for 30 yards. But but today he had, you know, the big day that he had, you know, five catches for 142 yards. So he doesn't complain, and when his number's called, he makes the play. Like, that's how you should go about it. And so if you're one of those that kind of get in your fields because you're not getting many touches or opportunities and things like that, and you watch a guy like him do what he does, like, I mean, you just have no space for that, you know. And so to me, that's leadership, you know. Like, he quietly does it. We talked about that before the game, like, He's, he's not going to be a dude that's going to you know, tell you a million different ways, all his different philosophies and things, but he's going to go out and show, you know, he's going to show and do and prove his leadership that way. And so I just think it just says a lot for, for this guy's, uh, even his toughness to just keep doing what he's doing it and the way that he's doing it and be able to produce. Yeah, we talked before the game about uh, his national attention. Like he doesn't get the attention that he probably deserves with, you know, some of the things he's been able to accomplish throughout his career, how effective he is on the field and sometimes you know as a defense you're getting prepared for this guy like yeah you're watching film and and you're studying the tape and everything like that you're going through your game plan but man he's so quiet in his mm-hmm. leadership and the way he goes about things you, you, you almost forget about him like you, you you forget that he's on the team and that he how he well not that he's on the team but just how effective he really can be down the field he's got underestimated speed great hands and he's just always available for you man he's that dependable guy that you can key on. It was great to see him have a big game uh, today. Two games in a row, this defense shut out the offense in the second half. Second half, Davis Mills and those guys couldn't get anything going. If you look at Davis Mills' numbers, you see 33 of 49, 33 of 49, 331 in a touchdown, and you say, look, he had a decent day. But for some reason in the second half, these past couple of games, this defense has stepped up, led by Bobby Wagner, 15 tackles, Jordan Brooks right behind him with 10 tackles. Are they, are they a second-half team? Are we going back to what P says, can't win it in the first, the second, and third? It, this defense seems to be a second-half type of team. Yeah, I don't. it seems like they get a feel for what teams are trying to do to them in the first half, and it makes you a little bit nervous because it looks like, man, this is going to be a long day. And then they've been able to kind of turn it up in the second half. And, I, you know, I think they, they were a little stickier in their coverage. And then they got, you know, they didn't knock the mills around a lot, but they got to them enough. They sacked them a couple times. They around them a few times. Knocked him down a few times, uh, and so that, and then they really did lock down on the run game too. Not that they were killing it in the run game, but there was enough in the run game to kind of make the defense stay honest. And so I, I thought they did a really good job that way. 
Yeah, man, Texas came out in that in that first drive. They marched down the field. You know, we sitting upstairs watching the game, <laughs> kind of worried, like, man, hopefully this <laughs> isn't an, isn't an indication of what's going to happen throughout the whole day. Uh, but listen, they you know they get a feel for what teams are trying to do to them. They get better as the game goes. I think one of the things that they improved in the second half, as it pertains to the first half, was getting pressure on David Mills. You you saw him get a little bit uncomfortable in that pocket. He was totally comfortable in that first half, dinking and dunk, dunking uh, the ball to his receivers. Great performance by the defense today. Defense got her done. Offense got her done. Now, we look at the time of possession. That's something we focused on the past few weeks for good reason because if you do not possess the rock, you cannot score points. I'm looking at these numbers, 26 to 33, 26 minutes to the Houston's 33 minutes. It felt like in the second half they put longer drives together and they were better on third down, 7 for 13. Now, I want to say it's like the second time this year that they've been over 50% when it comes to third down conversions. Um, yes, it was against the Houston Texans, but what if this team came out and didn't do all, didn't hit all the check marks that we wanted? But let me cut myself off. We got Pete Carroll at the podium. Thought I'd pass that along, Bert. Um, well, we, we had a, a really nice day today. Um, took us a while to get going. They had a nice opening drive, really good drive, and then our guys settled in and, and did a really good job on, on the defensive side of the ball. Again, the whole guys to 60 yards and 70 last week, and that, that's that's really consistent play from a team that's trying to be balanced and all that. So that's a nice job by, uh, by the fellas all day long. Um, again, we get a shutout in the second half, but really good. This, it must be those halftime adjustments, and you're going to want to know exactly what those were. Um, I'm really I'm pleased that we continue to find a way to good, play good, consistent football on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it was a big day, uh, a big day on offense, and, and that we we converted on third down, we ran the football, no sacks. Um, great, a great day to see Rashad Penny come come out like that, and we're so happy to see that. We've been waiting, and you all have been waiting too, that the guys follow us around. And uh, I was thrilled to see that he, he really got loose, and you could see how the, the explosion and the playmaking that he's got in him. Um, it was you know full display today. Um, you know, I, those of us that watch Tyler Lockett on a regular basis, I mean, this was another masterpiece today of, of just the, the the body control, getting open, using the sidelines, the the balls that rushed through to him, and. Um, just such a graceful, beautiful athlete. I was thinking about Lance Allworth was the guy that back in the day that used to be a guy that used to see be so graceful and everything. Tyler just looked just unbelievably on it today and, and uh, did a great job. A bunch of yards and a big touchdown and all that. Right before the half, Russ threw, threw a, a, a great deep ball right there uh, to, to get the score before half. Um, so uh, it's also worth noting how consistent the offensive line played today. Jake Curran got his first start and uh, did a heck of a job just hanging in there with the fellas, and, and uh, I'm really proud of him. Uh, but the whole group did a great job. 193 yards rushing is a big day for us, and then those sacks and all that is beautiful. So uh, uh, the last thing I'll say is that the third downs really did tell the story again. You know, we have a big day on third down on offense. You can see what happens. And uh, it's been frustrating, but uh, it was great to see them do that today. You know, seven to thirteen, and and then the the defense did really well on third downs. Again, we're we're, we're on it there, so that's a continuation. So, no turnovers by the offense. Two, two, um, maybe nothing more important than that, and and so it gave us a chance. So it's good days work. With Penny to see a guy who's been through so many struggles like he has with the injuries and everything else to, to get a game like that, just how much does the whole team get tend? Yeah, well they were they were jacked because he was running so hard, uh, and of course the big plays that exploded. But he was running tough in, in everything and and. Uh, 
you know, we've been waiting for a little juice in the run game, and, and it really was there today in a big way. And it, I think, I, I'm not sure this is right, Dave, but it seems like he's only had, that's like the first time he's really come back to back. Maybe he's had games, you know, in the last two years and this, this, this last season, one before, and then this one. I don't remember it, though, so I'm, I'm, maybe he did. But to see him come back and play again was, was the accomplishment. And, and so now we got to get him back again this week and get him back out there, and, and uh, hopefully he'll feel good about it and be able to contribute in a big way again. Was the plan going into it to go with him as much as you did, or is it a hot hand? I was, I was hoping you know, that it would go that way because we just wanted to see what he could do, and, and uh, it was really going in even and basically see what would happen. But just right off the bat, we saw him and, and just said, let's, let's stay with it and see how, how far we can really just ride him through it and, and uh, see if he could kind of bust out, you know, and, and he, he did. So it was uh, just playing it by ear on that one. Did he make it out okay? As far as I know, yeah. Is this the affirmation on Penny where when y'all drafted him and evaluated him that he's giving y'all what y'all expecting now? It's just been he's shown us this. This I mean these plays we've seen him. He's he's done this in the past. We've seen him explode in the big play ability that he has. It's just been such a long time since his injury. You know, it was a, it's been almost two, almost two seasons now. You know, and uh, and he's tried like crazy to get back. So. It's not validation on the pick. It's just it's validation that he's finally back. And because we've seen it before from him, um, the the real test is to see him keep coming back. You know, and keep coming out and, and being a big factor. I mean, obviously, you can see how much the team can. You know, how, how much we benefit from having uh, those kinds of plays. And and uh, so. This is Lance Allworth. It's pretty half comparison. Has Bucket gotten better in the last couple of years? Well, I, I think did he, did he go over a thousand today? Did he get that done? Yeah, I mean, it's three years in a row. You know, I mean, he, he's he's just an amazing player. He's just an amazing player. You know, and and, and because of his connection with Russ, and like I've said to you before, those are two marvelous all-around athletes with great savvy and instincts and all that. You put those two together with enough time to develop their sense for one another. This is what you see. You see this just magic plays. You know, I mean, come about the two-point play. Holy, I mean, you guys have seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it was just a flash to me. I can't wait to see the throw and the catch and all of that happened. And it just, yeah, Tyler just got it. You know, so many guys don't make that play right there, you know. But um, I'm just, just in awe of how, how good he continues to be. He just continues to show you that he's a great player. Can you talk about how uh, Russell controlled the game today? Yeah, I, I thought he was really comfortable with it um, throughout. You know, we started pretty quick. You know, had, had some nice drives early. Um, really, just felt comfortable the whole time. Really, he was he was on it. Uh, one little sequence that we got a little bit caught up on on a play call, but it was just what happens. And uh, the whole game, I thought he was smooth. He did some some nice stuff, you know, at the line of scrimmage, and uh, dictated you know some calls and things like that that were great, like we're counting on him to do. Uh, he and Shane were on it today. They were really communicating well. Brian Monet. Uh, Brian sprained his knee. Let's just keep it at that for right now until we know more. Um, but. Same, same. No, it's the other one. It's the other knee. Yeah, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens on that one. Um, on, really, we should make mention of Gavin uh, Heslop that, that had the, you know, the, the uh, that horrible play on, on the sidelines over there. I haven't seen it yet, but I was told all about it. But he was really hurting in, in our hearts and love and everything, you know, leaning his way, trying to send some good stuff for him. He's, he's probably going to stay in town tonight, and, and, uh, as far as we know right now. Um, Does he need surgery tonight? I don't know that. There's a good chance. What did, what did you feel like saying with the defense? I mean, Mills can do this for 14 passes, and after that, you kind of um, You know, we were just trying to just trying to feel them out, see what they were capable of doing, and just you know try to find a way with them a little bit. The first drive shouldn't have happened. We had two big plays and two big mistakes in the in the in the first drive that hurt us. But um, 
you know, we we weren't trying to overdo it. We we're going to see what they look like and just get a feel for it. You know, and the receivers and the whole thing. We don't know these guys as well, and so uh, you know, we did feel how Brandon Cooks would factor into it. You know, he's a heck of a player and all that, and, and uh, so. That's just kind of the way the game went. But you saw we got stronger as the game went on. We had we had a good sense for how to, you know what we needed to do. We could really keep them under control. You know there wasn't very many big plays in the game. Well, Pete, you obviously aren't used to going through the type of season you've gone through. But it looks like now the ship's righted and you guys could put up a number of wins together here in the year. Well, you want to fly home with us? You, <laughs> you can have my seat up in the front. Matter of fact, I don't get to sit in front today. Uh, that's, that's for the the vets. But. Um, We've always finished really well. I mean, you take check our numbers. You know, the, the last four games of the year have been where we've always been at our best. And I've been talking about it and setting us up to get into the. You know, like, I can't figure when the fourth quarter starts in the 17-game schedule, but we're going to consider that it's that it's the next four and uh, see what we can do with that and uh, to take it as far as we can. Um, these guys are excited about. They know they can feel it and they can see it happening. And, and uh, there's nothing to keep us from from moving ahead. And so. Um, I'm really looking forward to this challenge and see see what we do with with this last month and and really because we've so we, we've been so consistent over the years that this is that time again and I'd love to see after all of the stuff we've had to get through um, if, if that you know if it does turn again and we can have a great finish. Al Woods made a number of plays in the backfield. What do you think? Of him? Yeah, he played really good again. Al's playing terrific football. He in the role he's playing and and you know the run stopping uh, uh, that we're calling on him to do. He is doing it. He had five tackles today. And uh, he's, but he, his impact is way more than the, those numbers. It's just his factor in controlling the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's two weeks in a row. That's just nothing, you know, in the running game. And so um, he's doing great. Was there some different alignments? How old is Al anyway? 34. He's 34. <laughs> Jeez, man. Was there different alignment stuff that you did? I know you talked about last week playing him on we one side. Yeah, we, we did a couple. There's a couple wrinkles in here in this game, yeah. Yeah, that was that was freaking great. He's usually really good on his feet, you know. But in that case, he just took what he had, you know, and made the most of it. What happened to DJ Reed here at the end? Um, they had just like trains in the night just crashed, you know, and and uh, um, he got hit in the chest, so he had a chest contusion. You know, I don't know what seriousness or anything about that. Got whacked pretty good. Sidney Jones was he okay? Yeah, as far as I know, yeah, he, he, I think he did he did fine. Yep. Yep, just give him some work, um, just to get him going, and, and sure enough, you know, he had to jump in there and play. So, Did you get the feel for and how he played? Um, from what I from what I understand, kind of as the game was going, there was a couple of plays in there that, that he didn't control real well, but overall he played really well. We ran his way a lot, and, and uh, um, Jake's a good prospect now. He, he's a good prospect and, you know, that for a Redwood Giant, you know, and uh, so we. I gotta quit doing that. I gotta quit doing that. <laughs> they don't even care. They don't know. They don't know. They don't care. But anyway, um, I was really proud of him. Really, that he, that he pulled it off today. In the locker room after the game, did you remind these guys this is your signature this year, the December games, the last four games of the season? That this feels familiar. That there's a momentum. Yeah, they've been hearing it. They've been hearing it. We've been building. I mean, this has always been a build up to the finish, you know, and about finishing and, and uh, the mentality that it takes. I, I was on it in a big way this week because we. Look to me like we're fundamentally continuing to improve, and, and uh, we've had a ton of big hits and big, you know, big plays and stuff that have happened in the last four or five weeks as we're leading into it, and it's something that we've, you know, sometimes play deteriorates during the season, particularly when you're struggling, you're not in, the, in you know, on top of the heap and all that. Um, but I'm, I'm really proud that we're, we're still moving ahead. So you know, we're going to get challenged like crazy this week, and uh, all the way through the finish. So we are on it. Yes. You guys had seven tackles for loss today. 
two and a half yards per carry again. Just, you know, week in, week out, you guys are really controlling the run game. Obviously, Elwood's a big part of that. But what else are you seeing there? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. What, what you're seeing, and I made mention of it last night to the guys just watching Friday's practice again, where we it's kind of the it's it's the last day of the week, and we're trying to fit everything up just right and make sure everybody knows what's going on. We had a beautiful day on Friday of guys just really taking pride and being on you know on spot for the, the plays. That's the discipline that it takes to, to play the running game like that. You know, it, it it's not just you, you you hit them and throw them on the ground and you make the tackles. It's about discipline, coordinated work, and the guys are on it. And and it was so sharp that. It, it was totally expected that we could do that again. And so, um, see if we can keep going. You know, see if we can do it again. What has LJ done in practice to keep cracking the lineup like he has? You know, he's just—he's just been—he's been working his tail off all year, um, giving really good effort every day. Great attitude. Um, I just want to give him a chance. You know, see what he can do with it, and see. see he's, I like that he's—he's he's real active in, on his pass rush, and, and uh, he's got good length as always. And just seeing if we can get a combination going that can give us a little bit of a spark, you know. So I, I, I can't tell you how, how it went today for him, but um, that, that's the reason. He just deserves it. Another sack and another one out by a penalty, but he did get one later. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's he's a good player now. He's 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 doing it. And uh, what's he got now? Has he got six? Yeah, yeah. He's, let's keep going. Any like common theme with some of these PAT misses from Jason? No, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, he's a great kicker. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm more concerned about the, the kickoff that he kicked out of bounds, really, you know, because he was pissed about the one he missed, you know. So he's a great competitor. He knows how to control stuff and, and get back in it, and he will. That's what he's done. Um, I'm, I don't know why that's happened. The, the, the touchdown before the half from, from Russell and Tyler, you get, you get the ball back there, obviously, you're hoping, hoping to score. This, this, I guess it's kind of that sequence of how big that was, kind of getting the ball back there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Everything was just was aligned just right. Russ got great protection on the play. Got a second look at it, and T just kept running and going. And, and that happens. We we work on that all the time in practice. Russ loves to go, you know, you know, look for those guys when they on, on the scrambles. It was kind of a semi little. I can't tell you how much he moved, but but he moved a little bit to get get some space. And then those guys just did it again, you know. About Davis, um, yeah, I thought he did a nice job. I mean, he, he's he's composed. He's, he throws the ball real well. He's an accurate thrower, um, strong enough, you know. And every, I mean, he, this is what we saw on film. You know, he looked like a like a good player, and, and uh, so he did it again. We didn't slow him down much early, um, but all in all, I, I, you know, he gets a bunch of yards because of the, the late in the game and all that. But um, I thought he did pretty well. You know, that's kind of what we saw. And we expected it that way. I'm sure that's what the coaches are seeing. That's why they made the move they they, they made. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you. Going to be a nice flight home for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live and in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumenfield Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. All right, lots more to do when we get back. We're going to hear from players as they step up to the podium. We're going to get interviews from Jen Mueller down in the locker room. We're breaking it down. All that is next here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Let's go back to Houston and hear from Dwayne Brown. He's at the podium. Uh, it's a great feeling. Uh, you know, um, Obviously, it's a young team we're going against. Uh, they play very hard. They got a lot of talent. Um, you know, we, we started out a little rough, um, you know, and it was, you know, it was, it was a tough matchup. 
Um, you know, we just uh, put our foot on the gas a little bit in the second half. Um, it's a, you know, it's a real feeling for me being back. It's my first time back in the building since 2017. So um, good to see some familiar faces, um, but good to get the win. Dwayne, you've, you've been around Rashad Penny for a number of years now. He's been through a lot with the injuries. What does it mean to all you guys to see him have a game like this? It means a lot. It means a lot. Um, Rashad has a lot of ability, you know, and he got, you know, showed some flashes of that early on, you know, has some injuries that set him back and, you know, just trying to work his way through that. You know, it's, it's, a, it's very challenging, you know I mean, to be a young player and go through that kind of injury. Um, I think, you know, he, he's got his confidence back. I think you saw that last week. Uh, this week we really, you know, fed him the ball a lot, and he ran with a vengeance, you know what I mean? You saw his demeanor, you know, and, and uh, it was great to see, you know, we really rallied behind him and we were able to pull out of yards on the ground. Not too much. I'm kind of far removed from it. You know what I mean? It's been four years. Um, you know, I've really been established in Seattle. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, it was it was wild. You know, coming back and just being in the facility. Um, like I said, saw a lot of familiar faces, and um, you know, it, it was it was it was it was a little surreal at first. You know, but then I just you know you lock in and it's it's another game. Feel good, you know. The twelves they travel well, man, and um, we knew they would show up. You know, we saw them, you know, at the hotel. You know, we saw them. You know, we knew they would they would show up big. Um, much love to our fans, you know, great fans, you know, and, and yeah, it did feel like home game, you know. Um, so we're appreciative of them. See that zero in the sack home? What's that? Zero in the sack home? Is that nice to see? What zero is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great to see. And they got some good pass rushes. You know, Jacob Martin, um, Grenard, you know, the young guys, you know, they're really good pass rushes. Uh, Malik Collins, they got a lot of talent on the, on the defensive line. Um, Russ did a really good job, um, you know, getting the ball out quick, you know, and, and, and being elusive at times. Um, shout out to the O-line. The O-line did a good job up front. Um, like I said, they, got a, they had a hungry D-line, you know, so they, they challenged us, you know, but um, we were able to establish the run and um, set up a lot of passes off of that. And, and, and send him down to pass protection when we needed to. And Russ made things happen. You know, Lockett, heck of a day. Like, you know, everyone played well. You, how much how, how much of these, these young, these young small like pass rushes that the Texans put up against you remind you a little bit of Mathis and Sweeney when you were here? Um, I mean, those <laughs> some Hall of Fame talent, you know, with uh, Mathis and Sweeney. Um, but again, a lot of, lot of talent, man. Jacob Martin, you know, I was with him in Seattle. Came here, had a lot of potential in Seattle, and he's really worked his game a lot. And you know, I told him after the game, you know, how, how proud of him I am. Uh, he's really established himself to be, you know, a really, really good player. You know, so, um, and it, you know, they're different, different rushes. Grinner's more of a, a bigger guy, um, more of a, a power guy. You know, so they, they complement each other well. What was your view of those two uh, Penny touchdown runs? Um, I can't remember the first one. Um, I remember the second one. <laughs> the, the second one, I mean. You know, you kind of in a four-minute situation, you know, and, and, and you want to run the ball, you want to run the, run the clock out. To break open a big run like that, it just does so much for us up front. I know it did, did a lot for him and, and just his confidence, you know, being able to break open a big run like that. Um, again, I, I just can't say enough about him. You know, the, like I said, all the adversity he's had to go through the last couple of years to come and perform the way he did today, uh, it means a lot. Did you uh, talk to Jake Kirkham before today's game at all? A um, little bit. Um, Jake's had, he, he's seen some action this year, so... Uh, this wasn't—he—he he, he wasn't too, too nervous. I think he was more nervous last week having to play left guard um, than, than right tackle. He's a lot—he's comfortable out there. Um, you always have nerves, though. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I just told him—you know—trust his ability. 
trust his preparation. And um, I, I got to watch the film, but I feel like he did a pretty good job. I know after last week's win, he addressed the team and said, hey, we're not dead yet. You guys have two wins in a row. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. We got a resilient group. You know what I mean? We got a lot of great veteran leadership, a lot of young guys that are, you know, ready to play and, and, and always ready for whatever challenge comes. Um, we got a big test coming up next week. You know what I mean? And, and so we're, we're just taking this thing one week at a time, one day at a time, you know, just trying to, you know, prepare every day, be the best we can be every day. And like I said, uh, next week is a big challenge for us, so looking forward to it. We're going to enjoy this win tonight on the way back to Seattle and then get to work tomorrow. Can you talk about how much uh, Russell controlled the game today? They did a great job, man. I mean, you know, we, we kind of went up tempo quite a bit, keeping them on their heels, and, and um, he did a great job getting us to the right checks, plays that he liked. Um, I mean, you know, he's, he's a heck of a player. You know, you know, a lot of, he's been through a lot of adversity this year, injuries and, and coming back, and, you know, I think now it's, you know, you know, he, he showed everybody again just who he is, you know, so I'm just happy to block for him. Anything else? Thanks, Wayne. Hey, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, that was the leader on the offensive line, Dwayne Brown. First time back in Houston since 2017. Big Ray, that run game got going. Specifically, what did you see with that old line Well, I, I think, like he said, they just kept battling and, and pushing and, and grinding. And, and the one thing I think that uh, sometimes people miss and they when they're talking about their pass protection, too, is that, you know, he said it takes it took everybody. Russell getting the ball out fast, offensive line, you know, blocking better, the receivers catching the ball, Russell moving when he needed to move. All of that stuff adds up to pass protection. And so I thought that was a pretty good comment. Yep, Dwayne Brown leading the charge. All right, let's go back to Houston. Tyler Lockett, five catches, one forty two. He's at the podium. What up, what up? How you doing? Doing good. Feels good to be able to get a win in. So just taking it one day at a time. Who? The sideline footwork, is that something you worked on once you got in the NFL? Something you've always had or you've gotten better? Um, no, I don't really think I practice it a lot, honestly, but I think it's something that I do without even knowing that I do. Like there's times whenever I'm catching the ball um, like in walkthrough or maybe even at practice where I'm not even on the sidelines, but I'm like practicing it without even really thinking about it, you know. But I think a lot of it is just kind of trying to have awareness of knowing where you are on the field, knowing that how close you are to the sidelines and all that type of stuff, knowing if you need to go toe drag or just hurry up and chop your feet to be able to get in, but also being able to know where the defender is and, you know, how to take a hit. You know, I think I think it's just something that you do work on, and hopefully, pretty soon, it's something that can become natural. Uh, you know, a lot of it is just really not on the field. It's more so off the field. It's really just about how you think, understanding how he sees the game going into the week, where he thinks the open holes are going to be at. Um, when it does come to scramble, sometimes that stuff that does need to be seen in practice so that, that way he has an idea of what it is that you're going to do or how you're going to try to get open. But a lot of it is just being able to understand the way that he does things, the way that he operates, the way that he creates plays with his feet. And then after that, it's just being able to try to get open the best way that you can. 
I think the best part about the scramble drill is it's something that can be taught, but it's something that comes naturally when you have people that, you know, can adjust. And I think that at quarterback, Russ is really great at adjusting when things aren't going right to be able to keep the play alive. And that way he's able to be able to create us and find ways to be able to make us open. You went over a thousand yards for the third straight year. Steve, Steve Largent's the only guy in team history to do that before you. What does it mean to be in a, that kind of company? Oh man, that's a blessing. You know, to be honest, I was just telling them. I said it's funny because we got the same birthday, and we're in. We were born and raised in the same hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So um, it's just pretty funny, just that something like that was to happen. But you know, ultimately, I just thank God. You know, for even putting me in this position because there are sometimes as individuals we want to go out there and we want to have these certain type of games or we want to have these moments where um, we could look back in our careers and, and be happy with it and the things that I've wanted to happen for myself is nothing compared to what God has been doing in my life and so it's just funny how things work out and how the journey looks and how you just got to be able to keep pushing and being able to know that everything is going to work together for the good. And sometimes it's hard to see that because we want to see it work for our good or um, we just want to see it in the way that we imagined it or visioned it in our heads. But, you know, the best stories come when God is able to be able to create the story and tell the story rather than me as an individual trying to tell my own story. Oh, yeah, man. Is I mean, we just kind of understood what type of defenses that they were going to be able to run. Um, you know, once we were able to kind of see it, um, that's when we took advantage of it. Russ did a great job being able to throw the ball. And again, when he throws the ball up in the air, it's just for me, I just got to be able to know how to track it and just being able to understand where I need to be and how I need to track it based off of the DBs, them reading it, them trying to catch up to me. Maybe some of them don't look for the ball. Maybe some of them do. And so for me, it's when the ball's in the air, how can I position myself in the best possible way to be able to come down with it? But I mean, that was a perfect throw. Is that weird when you're in a, like a scheme like this where it's sort of a dome with the roofs open? Is it weird to look up? And oh yeah, it threw me off when they opened up the dome. I thought it was going to be closed. And so, but I mean, it's nice out here, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I, I don't blame them. I really don't. Um, it was a little colder than I thought it was going to be. But I mean, for the most part, man, it was beautiful weather. And just being able to have an opportunity, like I said, a lot of the things that we take for granted is like being able to land here safely, you know, being able to make it through another day, um, being able to sit here and being able to play the game. And so when you look at the little things and you see those as victories, then it makes the game so much more easier. You're able to celebrate, you know, being able to actually play. There's people that wish that they could suit up. You know, there's people on practice squad that wish that they could suit up. And so when you kind of start looking at a lot of these different things as as victories rather than I got to get 100 yards, I got to get 1,000 yards, I got to do, like those are things that we all want and, you know, and they might happen, they might not, but being able to, to see the good in every situation, like that's something that me personally I want to work on and continue to be good at. Two-point play, could you take us through that? Oh, like I said, turn back in the scramble drill. Once, once Russ get out of that pocket, it's, it's everybody get open. And, um, you know, he made a great throw, man. He, he was looking at me. He threw it, and I saw this coming on the other side, and I was a little nervous because I didn't know, you know, what to do, and I just kind of moved out the way. And, I mean, I felt like he was throwing me the ball. So, 
you know, I, I tried to make an effort to catch the ball, but it was just one of those things where we got the two-point conversion, everybody's happy. You know, that was a big play for us within the game because they could have went down and scored. You know, I think we were only up by 12, and so they could have went down and scored, and it could have been whatever type of game. You know, we have a lot of crazy games here um, just being with the Seahawks. But, um, man, it was a great day. It was a great day. How small was that window when you released it? You know, it's different when you're in it <laughs> than seeing it. So I didn't really see the replay or anything like that, but I definitely knew that it was a small window that he had to throw it into, and I, I knew that it was a, a reaction that had to be, you know, there because otherwise if I didn't move out the way before, me and Dis would have ran into each other. What do you feel like these two wins have done for you guys these last two weeks? Um, I think it's given us a lot of confidence. I think it's given us a boost. We were able to get ourselves a win at CenturyLink, and, you know, that was a crazy win in itself crazy game you know like I just said earlier and I think what that does is you know I think that's a defining moment for for us as individuals but also as a team of what is it that we want to do and how far do we want to go we understand what it is that we want to do and accomplish but also we gotta we gotta be able to enjoy the journey to get there and so being able to come here you know things hadn't always been going good for us but the fact that we were able to get things going on offense Penny did a fabulous job rushing the ball. We rushed for almost 190-something yards. I think it was almost 200. And so just being able to see us get back to, to Seahawk football, being able to, like, move the ball, I think we did a lot better on third downs. And these were the things that we always talked about. Third downs is what was detrimental to us as a team. We weren't able to run the ball like we wanted to. And when those things start coming together, then everybody who has questions on the outside are finally able to see what we always see in practice. You know, so for us, it's just making sure that we can bring that to the game. And I think that these two games have given us the confidence and boost that we need to continue to do what needs to be done to finish out this season right. All right, that was Tyler Lockett. Had a day. Third straight season going over 1,000 yards. Only other Seahawks received to do that, Steve Largent. Say 12s, want the latest on the Seahawks? We have you covered with the Seahawks Insider Podcast, hosted by Jen Mueller and John Boyle. They break down all the latest news and preview the next Seahawks opponent. Listen to all the latest episodes on Seahawks.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to all Seahawks podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Lots more to do. We get back. We're going to hear from Bobby Wagner as he steps up to the podium. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Big win for the Seahawks. They get it done in Texas, 33-13. to Let's go back to Texas and hear from Bobby Wagner. He's at the podium now. Um, I felt like we executed a lot better. I think that uh, first drive, they were able to move the ball down the field. Uh, we didn't execute as well as we should have. Uh, but, um, you know, after we kind of calmed down and, uh, you know, started locking, uh, we were able to, to stop them from scoring. Keith said that you guys are really taking pride in your run defense. And again, another game, two and a half yards prepared for the opponent, seven tackles for a loss. What are you seeing from the entire unit that is allowing week in, week out for you guys to shut down the run? Uh, I think we're just coming downhill. We're, we're being aggressive. Um, you know, you have guys like Big Al up front, you know, who, uh, you know, caused a lot of havoc up, up front. And, uh, you know, it helps us as linebackers come downhill and play faster and, and so uh, everything works together, but you know we understand that each each week we got to make a team one dimensional, and uh, you know it starts with the run game. You mentioned Al, how big has he been for you guys this year? He's been huge, man. He's a uh, like I said, um, <clears throat> he's been a guy that that loves to keep guys off of linebackers, and and linebackers love to hear that. But he also can make plays. You know, there's a play down the um, 
where he throws the lineman and goes and make the tackle. I think he might have missed it, but you know that kind of havoc is is uh you know something that teams have to pay attention to, and it you know takes eyes off of you and allows us to make plays. Uh, he was making some good reads. He was out there. You know they they got the ball out of his hands fast. He made some good reads. Um, you know, he definitely uh, was gaining confidence as he, uh, you know, connected on some of his throws. Um, it was a nice throw down the end um, in the, the corner. Um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely growing and, you know, made some nice throws. What type of adjustments did you all have to make? Because he got on the streak very uh, early. Um, I think it was just more execution on our part. You know, we weren't um, executing the way that we needed to. And so once we uh, did that, um, we started to slow it down a little bit. How tough is that for you guys to see what happened to Gavin at the end of the game? I didn't see it. I didn't see the play. I just heard the crowd reaction. Anytime the crowd reacts like that, it's it's uh, typically not good. So, um, you know, we're praying for him and hope, hoping that, uh, you know, it's it's not as bad as it, it sounded. What, what did these last two weeks kind of meant for you guys? I think it's just good momentum. I think, um, you know, we were able to uh, kind of build off of what we did last week, and I think we just got to – you know, keep our heads down and, and um, you know, keep playing. We can't look up and, and see who we have next or anything like that. And um, you just got to keep be- getting better each week and see what happens. Cool. Anything else? Thanks, Thanks. All right, that was Bobby Wagner, Turbo. 15 tackles, one tackle for loss. When Bobby Wagner plays well, typically this defense plays well. Second half, they shut out the Houston Texans. Second time in two weeks they they were able to do that. Yeah, man, he's the leader of the defense, and you see the other guys kind of galvanizing around him. Uh, he's the quarterback of that defense, man, making sure everybody's in the right spot, and you see some of the young players being able to step up because of his leadership, guys like Jordan Brooks, man. It seems like every time we say, you know, Bobby had X amount of tackles, man, Jordan Brooks is either right behind him or maybe even a little bit more, as we've seen over the past few games. And so, uh, man, you know, he he's been a great leader for this team for so many years, and it's great to see him play well again today. Bobby getting it done. Let's go back to Houston. Rashad Penny at the podium, 137 yards, two touchdowns, balled out. Yeah, I just did. Yeah, I just did. Good, good day for the family? <laughs> yeah, perfect day. What this game mean to you? I mean, you've been through a lot, obviously, with all the injuries to come out and have this game. To be honest, um, I mean, it's a blessing, like, to be honest, like, you know, going where I came from, you know, like I said a few weeks ago, you know, never been hurt. And, you know, like I said, your body just reacts certain ways when I think getting older. But I mean, I'm just I'm just blessed and thankful. I mean, you know, these guys never gave up on me. Um, go out to practice every day and just keep working. And um, this is the results. And I'm just thankful. I mean, the old line deserves this more than I do. I mean, them guys went out there and <laughs> moved the defense line all game. And, you know, they controlled the game. It was just all about the running backs hitting the holes and, you know, pressing and doing all the right things. Did you have leg cramps? Or at least I am sideline there doing a bunch of stretching. <sighs> yeah, I'm not used to all that running again. <laughs> I'm not used to all that running. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, um, amazing medical team we have, you know, what they do, you know, getting us the right fluids in our body just to get us back going. Uh, you know, uh, can, I, I tip my hats off to everybody. You know, they, they deserve all this more than I do because, you know, again, I'm just here to just play ball and help win. And, you know, they, they take care of me and do the right things. First touchdown run, how important was that block from D. Eskridge? It looked like you really was sprung in there. Yeah, I, I went back to sideline. I told him, I said, man, you made a big boy block right there. I said, how big are you? How tall are you? Um, you know, it, 
it's amazing, you know, just seeing him and how he works. I mean, he works every day, you know, just last week he had a touchdown and then today he makes an important block. You know, just him being key in all different types of situations is amazing and see what he can do. I mean, he can play wherever on the field and, you know, I'm happy to see everybody grow from this. You talked about physically what, what the injuries have done. What about mentally just to, what has that been like? Mentally, emotional roller coaster. I mean, um, days where, you know, you just be like, should I continue to play football? And then other days where you just be like, I got to go in and, you know, do what's best for me. Um, man, it, it's been hard, you know, hamstring strains, calf strains, you know, but I just, I just put my head down and, and I just kept moving forward. And, you know, I think that's enough, that's advice to anybody, you know, who's in the league and battling, battling injuries. And, you know, it's not going the way you really want it to go. But just keep putting your head down and just keep moving forward. I mean, you know, the next day is always a new, brighter day. And that's how I always look at things. Putting your head down, does that mean staying off or doing your best to stay off social media? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think social media was the biggest problem in my first two years. I always focused about what other people thought about me. And um, I started realizing, you know, Half the people really don't know who I am, don't know who Rashad Penny is, don't know what Rashad Penny do with his day, doesn't know what I think about. You know, at the end of the day, I'm still human. You know, and everybody else who get hurt and, you know, go on social media and look their names up and see what people are saying about them. It could be the worst things possible, and it can tear somebody down. And that's what it did to me a few years ago. But, you know, now it's, it's like you're numb to it. And then now it's like you don't care about it no more because that's not who you are, and that's not who I am. And, you know, um... I'm, I'm, to be honest, like, just like, like, I'm really not satisfied with how I played because I know what I can do, and I'm pretty sure everybody else knows what I can do. It was just all about staying on the field for me, and I'm just thankful I came out of this game injury free. Given all that, what, what was the feeling like when you turned the corner there and knew you were going to score a touchdown there the first time? I've been telling myself, <laughs> start running, like, start running, start running more aggressive and. You know, just hitting the holes. If nothing is there, just just hit it. And um, I mean, it was amazing the hole there. So I mean, it was just all about hitting it and trusting your block. And then, you know, it was just one on one with a safety. And um, you know, one thing, you know, these guys does a great job here is teach us like, you know, when it's a one on one with a safety or a corner, you know, they're they're not going to tackle you. And you know, it's something I've learned from watching Chris and now having you know Adrian Peterson in the room. You know, um, watching his highlights a, a few days ago. You know, just looking at what he do uh, different in the run game. So try to mimic a little bit of that. You get the start, and unfortunately get hurt on the first carry. Were you wondering at that point if this opportunity was going to come? I mean, did you think like this is it or anything? Or? Not really because, I mean, I knew it wasn't as bad as what, you know, um, what it may seem. I could have, I, I came back and played. I, I, I could have finished the game, and I could have played a few weeks ago. You know, it was just more so just – making sure my body is right again i mean it sucks because i've never been through this before so it's just something new and it's and it's and it's repetitive so and i'm doing everything right taking care of my body doing all the little things but you know it's just your body tends to shut down on you sometimes and you can't control that you can't control anything that happens what or who made you get off social media and realize it was damaging what and who i mean to be honest it it, it just helped out better better for me mentally i think something in particular um i just feel like people don't know who you are so you know you you get to look and see what people say and that what kind of bothered me a few years ago but 
I think now and I've grown and I've and I come to realization that some people really don't know who I am and don't know what I do and don't know how hard I work to, you know, get to the position where I'm at now. These, these past two weeks, it seems like you've really been able to show your all-around skill set. I know it was last week, but the big block and the blitz pickup and a couple other nice blocks and pass protection. What's been the key for you there? It seems like that's an area you've really improved even with not having a lot of snaps in the field. I mean, the, the crazy thing is um, with the pass protection, um, I've always wanted to do it. Like, it was always a want to for me. Um, college, I, unfortunately, I didn't do it as much. And, you know, um, it's a want to. And that's something I really wanted to get better at because, you know, it, um, it, it, it keeps you in the, in the game longer. And um, it gives you more chances, more opportunities to play. Um, Travis does an amazing job. Um, I, to be honest, he, he, he's taught me um, a great way of pass protection. And I think um, he does an amazing job at what he do. So I just, I watch him every day. Um, we do blocking drills, you know, Chad, you know, run back coach. And, um, you know, Travis leads in and, you know, he does an amazing job at what he do. So I try to mimic and try to do some sort of things he does. What was it like watching that blitz pick up in the film room on Monday or whenever that was with the rest of the team? Man, it, it, you know, I'd sell out anything for three, man. Um, you know, I know he's going to make the pass as long as the blocking is there. I know he's going to do something magical as long as everything is there. And, you know, just just having him alongside, you know, helps helps out us a lot in the long run. What's the best advice that he's given you in pass protection, Travis? Um, stay with the guy. Keep moving. Um, strike first. That's the first thing, you know, you, you, you want to get your hands on them before they get their hands on you. Was there a point this week where you knew you were going to have this bigger role in this game? Just, just, just practice hard every day, every week, and just continue to keep rolling and um, just trying to be available. I think that's the most important thing for me. I, I'm just thankful that I came out injury-free, knowing that that was the case, and knowing that you know I'm not out here just to get hurt on purpose. Anything else? Thanks, Thanks. Thank you, Thank you, Rashad. All right, that was Rashad Penny. Great day, 137 yards and two touchdowns. Time is running out to vote for your favorite Seahawks players to represent both the 12s and the NFC at this year's Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. Cash your vote on Twitter with the hashtag Pro Bowl Vote. Your favorite Seahawks player's name and their Twitter handle. With Quandre Diggs and Michael Dixon currently leading their prospective positions, help them get over the goal line and into the Pro Bowl by voting today. All right, when we return, we will hear from Russell Wilson as he steps up to the podium. The Seahawks go down to Houston and get it done, 33-13. to 13. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. The Seahawks go down to Houston and handle business. Defense shuts out this Houston offense in the second half. But we just heard from Rashad Penny, man, and he said some interesting things. Social media can really mess with one's mind and, and their approach to work. Now, when I played football for the Hawks, social media wasn't popping like that. Twitter was just now getting going. Um, I didn't even really understood what Twitter really was. I'm just saying random thoughts. But in today's game, these these young athletes have to deal with Twitter and with social media. And with all the things that Rashad Penny has been through as far as injuries, he's never been hurt before. I'm sure there have been some nasty things said about him on social media. And he recognizes that. He goes, look, man, a couple years ago, uh, it, it would mess with me. It would get to me. But he's matured. Um, how tough is it, do you think, to play in today's game, Turbo, you're – you're the one who, who's played most recently. Um, did you look at Twitter and, and did you did you look at social media and, and see what people were saying about you in your successes and your failures? I did. I did. And it can have an effect on you mentally in a negative way, in a positive way. 
but also in a negative way as well. You know, if you go out and have a bad game or you go out and you make a mistake, you fumble or you do something like that, man, uh, man, those, those those Twitter critters, man, they, they they have a lot of things to say. And uh, it can affect you mentally, especially when you're a young man in your, you know, first and second and, and third year, you don't really know how to deal uh, with all the scrutiny uh, that comes with playing on the big stage, which is the NFL. Uh, and And I commend... Rashad for recognizing that it was detrimental to his mental health and pretty much eliminating it from his life so he could improve and focus on the things that were positive as he was regaining his strength, rehabbing and doing the things he needed to do to get back on the field and perform at a high level. Not a lot of guys are able to, you know, eliminate that at such a young age and realize that at a young age in order for them to improve. And it sounded like it, it wasn't a one person or coach or individual that uh, advised him to do this. Uh, he kind of got to this point himself, and I really commend him for that. He'll be a, a, a really positive example for a, 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 the next young player as he grows in his career. Now, Ray, at, at our age, I don't care what anyone says on Twitter. <laughs> I, everyone's going to have something negative. Not everyone, but there will be negative negative statements out there. There will be positive statements out there. But as a young man, as like 21, 22, 23, and you're growing up in this world and people are harsh now yeah. more than ever because they can hide behind this keyboard or, or their phone and say what they want to say. I think Turbo points out that it's very mature of him to recognize it because a lot of the times you don't recognize it. You don't know what's going on mentally, physically, and, and, and you let it eat you away. Yeah. So him going off today, I'm going to say for 137 and two touchdowns, shows – how he's maturing mentally, he's maturing physically, and he's okay with who he is at this point in his yeah, career. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the social media part and just sports media in general, like uh, um, the culture of this whole comparison culture and who's the best coach, you know, uh, player and, and this, that, and the other thing, it doesn't allow for a person just to be who they are and play how they want to play and uh, and make uh, the, the – and prioritize the accomplishments that they have. Like if it's opposite from what somebody else thinks and you get drowned for it. I actually just posted like four days ago, uh, you know, I do my Big Rage Garage Grind thing, and I said, uh, you know, four days ago, Mental Health Awareness Edition, sports debate and comparison culture is a major contributor to mental health issues in sports and for athletes. No one can be who they are, play how they want to, and achieve how they want. No one, no one is ever seen for their greatness. They're always compared to someone else's. And that creates some of this kind of, uh, you know, awareness around like your mental health thing because there's a lot of people's voices on this thing that you may value. So if you see, you know, if it's a different sports writer or a different sports agency or, or you know, a person or fans or whatever that you value what they say, it's going to have an impact on you when, when people are saying negative things. So being able to kind of separate yourself from that or be able to, uh, you know, uh, put th that stuff in its proper perspective can be hard to do without without any help. Like, I can't imagine my rookie year, you know, I got off to, like, a really slow start, missed half a camp, came in, started the first game, and just it was a rocky road for the first six games. So I can't imagine what people might have been saying on social media, but my fiancé or my wife was telling me <laughs> what they were saying in the stands. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, th that would have been really tough to deal with. It was, it, it was even tough knowing that I wasn't playing as well as I could play 
and the, the expectations of the fans were at a certain level. So just knowing that had an impact on me. So I, I think it was really strong on his part to whoever rec, you know, helped him recognize or come to the conclusion that he needed to m- remove himself from it uh, was really smart and positive and that he, was, that he was able to do it to be able to find himself and be comfortable with who he is and where he is to be able to let this stuff kind of just be roll off his back. I think that he's setting a good example for young athletes growing up today because mm-hmm. there are kids growing up now who have grown up in this. You know, like we're one of the last generations where we remember when there wasn't no internet, when <laughs> you were rich if you had a cell phone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so we're seeing this transition where there are going to be, there are young athletes who are growing up in this and people can have a lot of negative influences on you and just realize it ain't real. I right. mean, it, mm-hmm. their opinions are their opinions. But half of them folks won't say it to your face. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I tell even, these young cats. Even the other side of it, you know, even like the praise. Mm-hmm. And, and man, yeah. they, they, you know, make your head all big and, oh, I love you and all these all these kind of things, man. It could, that can be detrimental to you and your mental health, man, because you can lose focus and, you know, and, and just start to, you know, approach things differently. Like, man, my stuff don't stink. I got it. You know, man, I'm getting all of these compliments. You know what I mean? Then you go out there and have a bad game or – you go out there and, and you have a bad couple of games, right? You go on this little slump. And so, man, it's, you hear some of the leaders on this Seahawks team. Tyler Lockett talks about it a lot. Russell Wilson talks about it a lot. Staying even kill, man. All the ups, all the downs, man, I'm staying neutral throughout the entire time, man. And, you know, that's how you kind of have to be as an athlete uh, to maintain success. Yeah, and isolate yourself, man. During football season, your your family's in the locker room. Like only opinions that matter are the guys you work with and your coaches. Yeah, like it don't matter. Even us, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna analyze the game and and point out where you were right and where you were wrong. But really, all all that matters are the people that you work with. All right, when we return, we're gonna hear from Russell Wilson, the QB one. Lots more to do right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Thank you, Curtis Rogers, for that scoreboard update. Now let's go to Houston. Russell Wilson's at the podium live. I thought that was great by Rashad Penny. I thought he had an amazing game. He kept battling. He's had a really great couple of weeks. You know, he's really put in the work at practice. It shows. And, um, you know, anytime you go through injuries the way he's gone through and the battles and the obstacles he's faced, this is the ability to overcome those is what's, what's really amazing. And just to be able to come back stronger the way he has. And so um, that was really great to see. And uh, we all felt great, great for him. Uh, what was also great, too, just watching our offensive line, you know, dom- dominate the line of scrimmage. They were dominating the line of scrimmage in the run game and the pass game. They did a tremendous job, and we just kept, we just stayed the course. Well, you've got to feel like now, with a two-game winning streak, you guys are building momentum, and you could finish this out and win the last four as well. Well, what's important is, is, is the next, next, next moment, the next game, and uh, just staying focused on the, on, on the next opportunity, um, the next play. The next play is the most important one. The next game is the most important one. That's all that really matters. So kind of a two-part question. One, how special was it to see Justin Brett? And two, when asked about you, he said he loves the guy, you're like a big brother to him, and he cherishes your friendship. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, you know, Justin Brett has been an all-time classic player for us. You know, he was he was a guy that gave everything every day, every moment. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, I thought to see him today was really cool. It gave me chills a little bit just because I know how much he, he dedicated to the Seahawks. I know how much he dedicated to me. And just our football team, and um, but he—he's uh, a tremendous football player, and he looks great out there. I mean, he's making plays all day. But he just—just uh, just to see him, I was asking about his family and everything else, and uh, miss his family. So uh, he's a great friend. He's—he's uh, a, he's a good soul. You know, he does a lot for the community that he's in, and wherever that wherever that is. And uh, he's always been about others, and always been about his teammates, and giving everything that he's had. So I love that about Justin Britt, and uh, I love—I love him as a as a teammate. 
Uh, I love him as a football player, um, but also I love him as a friend. So you went up against a defense that recorded like 11 interceptions over the last three or four games. What are some of the things that you saw within the secondary that allowed you to play such a clean game? Yeah, well, I thought their secondary was really, really talented. They made a lot of great plays. They've been making, they've had 14 interceptions this year. That's a big deal, you know, just knowing that. And um, but we didn't play scared. You know, we we took advantage of our opportunities. Um, we you know took some shots down the field. Uh, Tyler had some sweet catches on the sidelines. Um, you know, just in tight quarters, tight areas. Third down, we were great. We executed the plays that we needed to execute. I moved around a little bit when I needed to. Um, that was huge. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that our receivers and our tight ends did a tremendous job. Obviously, Tyler had a special, special night. Um, and then uh, DK had some sweet plays where he stiffed on some guys and made some great plays, too, as well. And everybody touched the football in a huge way. And Tyler, and some of the catches on the sideline, I mean, he's been doing that for so long now. Does it ever surprise you that the type of plays he can make? No, I mean, nothing Nothing Tyler Lockett does surprises me, man. Our man of the year, our guy, I mean, he does everything right. He does. He approaches the game uh, with everything that he has and um, just his ability to, to maneuver his body. And, you know, for me, to, the first one of the first third downs of the game, you know, uh, one down the sideline to him and just took a shot to him, you know, put it over the top of the defender Mitchell's, you know, hands. And Tyler just was able to, you know, put his hands up and just catch it, boom, boom, you know, one, two. I mean, those are the kind of plays that makes him so special. Obviously, the touchdowns and things he does too, um, but just his his craftiness is amazing. What did you see on that? What did you see on the 54-yard touchdown pass to him? Because that was a play where you could have eaten all the time on the clock. You've done that so well, but you must have seen something. Yeah, you know, there was a huge opportunity for us. You know, obviously, um, you know, their defense has been playing great all year. We got the ball back. Our defense did a tremendous job getting the ball back, so that way we would have the ball with 105 on the clock, and then. Uh, you know, kind of dropped back, kind of maneuvered, kind of got away from two guys, got slid to the right, and Tyler was, you know, uh, you know, chugging along downfield and uh, just gave him a, a shot down the field to make a huge play. And uh, just the first play of the drive, that was that was awesome just to see Tyler make that great play. That was a break off route, right? He, he, that wasn't his original. Say again. That wasn't his original path. That was after you scrambled. Well, maybe in the original. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. The Lance Allworth. Who would you describe he's most like in NFL? Tyler Lockett. Man, that's a good question. Lance is a good one, you know. I think that um, I don't think there's anybody like Tyler Lockett. You know, I think Tyler Lockett's his own man. I think he's a guy that's creating opportunities for guys all over the all over the world. And I think his ability to, you know, he's a smaller he's a smaller player, but he he catch he plays big. You know, he's able to catch everything, able to be in the slot, able, able to play outside. You know, I think that uh, Tyler Lockett will be one of those guys that will be forever remembered. In my opinion, I think he's had a Hall of Fame type career. You know, and just how he's approached it. And uh, I don't think people talk enough about him and what he's been able to do. So um, it's been it's been a tremendous honor to be able to play, um, you know, with such great players over my career. But Tyler's one of those guys that's that connection is is, is really remarkable. Um, we work at it every day. He, he he spends extra time watching film with me. We we do extra work. We we talk about it. We get up early in the mornings and we, we you know and, and that's really been showing up. And just uh, he's worked at his craft. And I think that uh, not to mention. What's even better about the man is, is that uh, he's our man of the year, you know, a guy who's worked his butt off in the community, done so many amazing things back home, obviously in Seattle as well. Um, he's just he's just a good soul, you know, good soul. And I always say he's, you think he's a great football player, you know, wait till you, wait till you read his books and everything else that he's going to do in his life. Well, talk about your improvisation like a, like a good jazz master or Miles Davis. Yeah. What do you think you are now? Well, uh, my dad would love that that reference of Miles Davis and, and being able to you know uh, make things happen. I think that um, you know for me, I always try to read out the play how it's supposed to happen, and then next thing you know, it's time to try to make some magic and see what we can do. And I think that just 
over my career, I think just to be able to feel where people are, where they were, where, they, where they're not anymore, um, to be able to understand how the game kind of is a, it's a, it's a beautiful but yet, yet chaotic puzzle piece. And, um, you know, I think that uh, you have to be able to have amazing minds, amazing ability guy, of, of guys around you to be able to do that too. And that's, that's what we have. We have really talented guys that can get open and make plays. And, and um, the line, you know, it takes, it takes them battling and just giving me another little split second, another little chance. And that's what they do a great job of, and they did that tonight. After the game, you got a chance to interact with a lot of the Seahawks fans that was in there. How good does it feel to be on the road and still have that type of support? <laughs> yeah, the Seahawks fans are the best in the world. I mean, just the energy, uh, just to have you know um, our fans come all the way from Seattle, all over the country, all over the world, just to just to be here with us. Um, it was really special. Um, you know, I got to see some fans pregame, and then obviously after the game to run run around the the, the stadium and just give everybody a little bit of love, just because the energy was great today. I think the last two weeks has just been us executing. I mean, we've picked up the tempo a little bit. We've been able to make some plays. We've been really good on third downs in key situations. Obviously, playing the 49ers last week was, you know, a tough NFC West battle, um, physical game, you know, really physical game. Uh, to be able to, you know, you know, overcome that physicality of that game to win that game and then to be able to come to this game and know that it's going to be another, you know, tough nose type football game. And they, they've been playing well. They've been making a lot of plays on the, on the defensive side for them. Um, and to be able to make that a, a kind of a, a, a non-problem for us and just really, really to be able to execute on offense and score touchdowns was really key. And we, we had another one to DK too, um, you know, that could have been cool. So, um, you know, I thought there's some things out there we could have done a little bit better, but I think we're staying the course and we're believing in each other and, uh, there's a lot more football left, and we just got to keep playing one game at a time, one play at a time. I think of Jake getting his first start at right tackle. And <laughs> yeah, I thought Jake did a great job just holding down that right side and just battling, battling. And one thing about Jake, and we've talked about this, me and him, is just he's going to give me everything and vice versa. You know, he's going to keep battling. He did a tremendous job. Um, he had a great, you know, we knew that he was going to be a really good player for us just because we saw um, him in preseason, you know, and saw him in training camp. He did a great job. So um, he's one thing about Jake, he's super confident. And that's, that's what you love about him. Uh, he's, really, he's really confident. What kind of advice would you offer to Texas rookie quarterback, Davis Mills? Yeah, I, I think that it's a long journey. You know, every day is a long journey. You come in every day, um, you know, with the right approach. You come in every day with the right mentality. You love the game. Uh, you love the process more than the end result. I think that's the, that's the best thing you can do is give yourself the best chance possible to be successful. When Tyler came in, he talked about his deep faith, and I know you have a very deep faith too. How much has that helped you through what you've gone through this season? Yeah, I think you know, faith is everything to me. It's the first thing. You know, I think that um, every day I wake up, I'm grateful that God's given me the opportunity just to do what I get to do and to be able to impact people and to hopefully be able to inspire somebody else and give somebody else a chance, not just in football but just in life, and have a little bit of hope. You know, I think that um, you know, for me, I, I think that. Just Jesus has just given me another opportunity to play the game, and every time I get to glorify, it's another opportunity to glorify Him and just praise and just that's what that's what this game is to me, you know. And um, and then also too to be able to do it with my teammates, and um, we have a really tight knit tight knit group and guys who are working their butts off every day. There were some pretty impressive offensive numbers, including total yards today, rushing yards, and zero sacks. What do the numbers mean? Yeah, I, I think that means we're playing efficient football. We were able to run the ball. We had great balance in that sense. We also were able to throw the ball around the, around the field pretty good. Um, you know, and, and uh, I thought the line did a great job just battling. And when things weren't there, I, I, had to th I threw some away. Um, but just, you know, we stayed, we, you know, we knew that they were really good with the football, meaning their defense, you know, they, you know, they could attack the football. And so you didn't want to give them any real chances at it. Um, we took some chances down the field for sure, and we hit, we hit them uh, when we needed to. And uh, that, was, that was key for us. 
Especially about that two-point conversion. What did you see there? How much tougher is it in those situations to play that scramble ball? You've got that chaos to the tight area. Um, well, I, I think that in those situations, the two-point conversion, uh, in any situation down there, really, just, you know, if it's not there right away, just try to keep the play alive and try to move a little bit. And, um, you know, our line did a great job of giving me enough time. And then, um, you know, one of the guys came around the edge and I just kind of moved away from him a little bit. And, uh, you know, guys were all crisscrossed and everything else and kind of no-looked it and then kind of, you know, you know, tried to throw a bullet in there to Tyler. He made a great play, you know. So that was, a, that was an awesome play by Tyler to be able to come down with it. Penny had, had the nice game last week, too, which included the, the pretty big pit, uh, blitz pick up there. What did that play mean to you, the, the way he sold out for that? Yeah, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I think that what he's been doing in practice has been showing up in the game, you know, and I think that um, I think that what's that his consistency of, of that has been really awesome to see. He's building that confidence up every day, you know, and, and uh, just to be able to make that block last week against a really good 49ers team to be able to cut off that edge so I could slide to the left and hit the deep cross, that was huge. And then uh, for him to have an early nice big run there for a touchdown, that was awesome. And I think everybody's just coming together, you know, we're really getting our, catching our groove and we just got to stay the course. Thank you guys. Thank you. Go Hawks. Thank you. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. Conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right, when we return, we'll hear from Al Woods. He's standing by with Jen Mueller down the locker room. Seahawks get it done, 33-13. to Handoff again, hit in the backfield, just breaking free. Al Woods came free right up the middle and hit the running back on the play. Royce Freeman made that Rex Burkhead. Almost took him down in the end zone for another safety as Houston loses two yards on that run right up the middle. Al Woods had a day, five tackles, one tackle for loss, and a half sack. He is standing by with Jim Mueller right now. This seemed like a complete effort on both sides of the ball. Like you did what you were supposed to do against this team. What did Pete say after this one? Um, you know, good job. Uh, awesome win, awesome team win. Uh, but let's get on to the next one. You know, so that's been that's been the message. The message has been received. So, you know, we're going to enjoy it. But when we get back to Seattle, we got <laughs> we to gotta go to get on to the next one. That opening drive, the Texans marched down the field pretty easily. What was it that was going on? Was it just a matter of seeing what they were doing so you could adjust a game plan? I think it was more nervousness than anything. You know, guys wanted to play exactly perfect, and sometimes it doesn't happen like that. So, you know, the message from Bobby was, you know, everybody take a breath, calm down, let's play football like we know how to play football, and we went off and run. Is that surprising given the game that you were coming off of last week, though? Like, I wouldn't think about nerves coming into play when you were coming off such a good win. Yeah, nerves is always a factor. Uh, I mean, this is my 11th year, and my heart is always beating out of my chest every game. Like, that 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 first march down the hill or, you know, walking into the stadium for the first time, my heart is like 100 miles an hour. My face may not say it, but, like, I'm nervous. You know, until that first hit, that first serious double team, I'd be like, Oh, this ain't nothing. Okay, let's go to work. I love that it takes you getting double teamed to know that you are ready to go. Yeah. We saw you split a sack today. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of emotion. Didn't miss that one on No, 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 no. It was, I was excited. You know, I really wanted the whole thing, but Rasheem had to go in there and start crying and, you know, had to split that thing with me. I'm just playing, Rasheem. Don't get all upset. You got to watch Rasheem. Yeah. <laughs> 
couple more for you real quick. It, you did get to the rookie today, but why wasn't there more pressure on him? Was it something he was doing? Mm, not necessarily. The ball was coming out quick, man. I mean, a lot of times when balls are coming out quick, it's hard for us to get there because of how quick it's coming out. I mean, it was really like his first read and he was going to his check down. So that is quick. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but, in, you know, that is pretty doggone quick. Yeah, lastly, you didn't finish with an entire unit. Brian Monet goes down. How does that change things? And that's a brother, you know, that, that and it always hurt when your brother hurt, you know what I mean? So, you know, we love him, and, you know, so, you know, my heart go out to him. I talked to him after the game. He was still in good spirits. You know, Monet is just an awesome dude, really great guy, you know, so we're just going to see it and, you know, hope he can come back and meet us later on. But, you know, right now it's all about Monet taking care of himself. All right, Michael Bumpus, we'll get that back to you after the defense pitches a shutout in the second half again. Thank you, Jen Mueller. He said he had to share that sack with Rasheem Green. We were wondering what they're going to do with that game, both these guys in half sack. All right, when we return, we will preview next week's opponents, the Los Angeles Rams. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Second down and seven run by Penny left side. Breaks one tackle. First down. He is gone. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Rashad Penny breaks it at the line of scrimmage and takes off for 47 yards. There's a 100-plus day for the Seahawks, 137 yards for just Rashad Penny. What a game, and if you keep doing that, if you keep pounding that line of scrimmage and the defense, one of these is going to break, and Rashad has had two of them break today. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. All right, we got to look forward now. Next week, Los Angeles Rams, the Seahawks are going to L.A. to try to take on this division rival. Sean McVay has had a good track record against Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's 3-7 and seven versus McVay and the Rams. There's something about this team. They're always ready to go. They're always ready for the Seattle Seahawks. But we have reason to be optimistic about this game. This offense is playing well. This defense has shut out their opponents in the second half for two games in a row. We know the weapons that the Los Angeles Rams have. Matthew Stafford. You got Cooper Cup over there. Odell Beckham on defense. You have Aaron Donald. You got Leonard Floyd. I mean, star-studded. It's only right that they have all these stars in L.A., Turbo. Yeah, man. La La Land. Listen, this is a stacked team. And, uh, you know, they've had a good year so far this season. You know, obviously a couple years ago, uh, you know, eliminate really last season eliminating us in the in the in the, in the first round, which re- really was an embarrassing loss for us. But we have been improving, man. We've been t- taking steps in the right de- direction. This is going to be a real challenge for our defense. You know, our defense has really been the cul- the culprit of you know the improvement that we've seen. They've been holding teams uh out or keeping teams out of the end zone. Uh, but this offense for the Rams is really explosive, and so you know it's going to be a huge test for us to see really. Uh, where we're at and how much we've improved. Yeah, I, w- I will say too, like, you know, since I've been doing this job for the for the Seahawks, the Rams is just one of those teams that just have the Seahawks number. And, uh, you know, like as a player, sometimes you play against teams and, you know, I play really well against some of the top name players and there'd be like a, a guy that no one knows that gives me the biggest trouble. And so I, I think uh, the matchup here is sometimes uh, just the one-on-one matchups will sometimes tend to favor – the Rams, especially along the trenches. Like, they, they just have a defensive line that even when the Seahawks were really good, they always gave the Seahawks problems. And so it's a really athletic line. They move them around. Now they've added Von Miller to the mix. Uh, Floyd last year had, 
like I think twelve sacks, you know, you know that, that just came against the Seahawks. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Jalen Ramsey. It's going to be interesting to see that matchup against uh, DK. Uh, it's, it's turning out to be a really good one. I think you know D, DK has had his moments. Jalen has, has had his moments. Matthew Stafford brings a different element to it because his arm, I think, is a little bit bigger. He's a guy that uh, has you know. I think he and Russ may lead the league in fourth quarter comebacks or something other like that. So he's a, he's another dude that you can't um, that you really can't uh, count out. And then on offense, like Turbo was saying, they're pretty explosive. You know, they they got some you know Cooper Cup and and his crew. Then you have three you know two running backs that are averaging over four yards a carry and both have over four hundred yards rushing. They still have a game to play um, uh, tomorrow night. So there's a lot going on here. And I know they struggled down the stretch a little. Or they've been struggling a little bit, but this this is a team that has always played well against the Seahawks. Last time these guys, or last time the Los Angeles Rams played ball was last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Beat them 37-7. Tomorrow night they're going to be on primetime Monday Night Football. Good matchup, man. We should all tune in and really watch this game. Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, we'll get to see what they're all about. You know, we I think we do the same as the players and try to focus on week by week which opponent that we're looking at. There's no denying that the Rams always give this football club some problems. But like I said, reason to be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, big game for the Rams are going to be on the road, I believe, against the Arizona Cardinals uh, on Monday night. Um, but with the improvement that we've shown on offense and on defense, like I mentioned, man, it's going to be a huge test for us. And I think on the offensive side of the ball, there, you know, there's some yards to be had. I think we can have some success. Big Ray mentioned the matchup with DK uh, and Jalen Ramsey. You know, DK has been playing well, you know, may not have the stats over the last couple games, but he's certainly – has had his impact on this offense. He's certainly somebody you can't forget about, you know, on this football team. And so we're going to be, you know, we're going to need our big guys uh, to make big plays in this game to give us the best chance to win. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is good that they kind of got some rhythm going with the off, with the uh, run game. Even though it's against a defense that uh, has struggled versus the run, the Seahawks have also struggled establishing the run. So somebody had to win that matchup today, and so it was good that the Seahawks did because when the Seahawks have played well against the Rams, is when they've been able to run the ball well against the Rams. So if they can kind of get their running game going, it really gives them a chance against this defense. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see if Rashad Penny can back up his performance. Today's final score, Seahawks 33, Texans 13. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network. Nasa Chobie, the Seahawks are back on the road next week as they head to Inglewood for a rematch with the Rams. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks win 33-13 to over the Texans. Talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus, joined with Robert Turbin and Ray Roberts. For the second week in a row, we're talking about a W, fellas. The Seattle Seahawks go to Houston and get it done 33-13. to Explosive performance by the offense, dominant performance in the second half by the defense, and now we bring in John Clayton. JC, what's up? Hey, how we doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. All right, now, how you feeling about this team right now? Two weeks in a row, they seem like they're putting it together. We know it's against the Houston Texans. We expected them to win this ball game. But as yeah. you know, you can't just show up in the NFL. you got to play ball. No, in fact, I know in the first half it was a little concerning because they let the uh, Texans hang around too long and kind of put things in a little dicey position. But they took total control in the second half, both on offense and defense. I know there was one stretch where Russell – you know, completed like one out of ten, but I'm not concerned about that. I mean, the biggest thing is Russell's back to being Russell. He's getting the ball downfield to Tyler Lockett. He's spreading the ball around. Got the ball to Gerald Everett. 
Uh, and, of course, obviously the big thing was the fact that Rashad Penny had a career day. Hey, John, with the Texans having the struggles that they've had this season, do you think it's a big deal that the Seahawks won the way that they did going away like this? No, I think it's expected. I mean, it's like when you go back, uh, the lack of respect for this team league-wide is just immense. Go back to the Jacksonville game. I mean, Jacksonville's awful, right? I mean, they got Urban Meyer, and, um, you know, you know how bad he is. And now we're getting stories about how the players don't like him, and he called the coaches a bunch of losers. But, you know, everybody thought, because I know that even Daniel Jeremiah, who I respect a lot for his scouting ability, said that, hey, without Russell Wilson for the Jacksonville game, I think Jacksonville is a better team. And you go, are you kidding me? And they blew out Jacksonville. And so it's the same thing. It's like Houston comes in with a bad team. Sure, it was a slow start, but they ended up blowing them out, you know, by, you know, a big score. Hey, John, uh, you know, Rashad Penny had a big day with his, you know, 137 yards rushing, all career highs for him today. Um, let's say, for instance, he averages, you know, 60 or 70 yards for the, you know, per game for the rest of the year. What, does that, mm-hmm. what do you think that says to where he fits in the Seahawks' plans or because of his uh, injury history, you think they, they may still look other places? I think they'll still look other places. But, again, if he comes in for the right price, then uh, you know, they can probably try to keep him around. You know, because, again, it depends on how much he thinks he's going to get. And you have to imagine with that injury history, it's going to be a struggle for him to get you know, big dollars. And so it's like, uh, <clears throat> you know, I know the cap's going to go up significantly, and that's, that's going to affect you know, what everybody's going to get. But running backs don't get paid. And so you know, if he finishes the season uh, on a good note, then there is a chance he can come back. John, how did you feel Ryan Neal performed in the absence of Jamal Adams? I thought, well, I thought he really did well. Because, again, it's like you saw the secondary uh, was doing a good job. I mean, certainly uh, you can see early when, uh, you know, that Davis Mills completed 14 passes, things weren't looking that great. But most of them were all short passes. And so <laughs> I think, you know, Ryan is a good coverage-type safety. Uh, he came in and he can do some tackling and all that stuff. So I think that was a good start. Russell Wilson said in his presser, he was talking about Tyler Lockett, and he mentioned that he feels Tyler Lockett has has had a Hall of Fame-type career. Uh, does, you know, is he an underrated receiver, doesn't get the credit that he probably should nationally? Yeah, he's an underrated receiver who doesn't get the credit uh, without question. Hall of Fame's a little bit too much. I mean, like, for example, uh, tomorrow – uh, I actually, I submitted it today. I had to submit my uh, Hall of Fame votes because we're cutting from 25 to 15. And there's like, you know, five or six receivers in the 25. And it's like, you know, for you, because you, again, you look at the guys like uh, Steve Smith, the former Carolina Panther. I mean, he's got big yardage. Andre Johnson, uh, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, uh, you know, even Heinz Ward. But again, you know, Tyler Lockett's an under underrated receiver i mean sure he's been able to get pro bowl votes for the last couple of years but he hasn't made the pro bowl which is astonishing when you're now on three consecutive thousand yard seasons hey john uh you know you mentioned this a little bit at the beginning but uh you know both teams the seahawks and the texans you know obviously were in in coming into this game struggling someone had to win the seahawks played mm-hmm. well and won the game how do we keep that in perspective moving forward for the rest of the season? Well, I mean, I think you just put it aside and then, you know, try to get, uh, you know, 
DJ Reed healthy and then see how you can do against uh, the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles on a short week. That's going to be the key because, uh, you know, right now, I mean, just like we figured, they were going to beat Houston. They should be able to beat Detroit, should be able to beat Chicago. So that gets them to seven wins. And they need to pick up, you know, one or two wins in this, the final two division road games to be able to, you know, maybe have a chance for the playoffs. Still may be doubtful. But again, if you come out of this thing eight and nine, then I think everything's going to be put aside because you look at the eight and nine without three games of uh, Russell Wilson with three games where he wasn't Russell Wilson, then you can understand why the team doesn't have a 10 win season. All right, John, we're staying hopeful over here, man. You, uh, you do the same and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. All right. When we return, we will break down some of the highlights from today's game against the Houston Texans. That's next on your home for the Seahawks. 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Thank you, Curtis Rogers. Okay, now we're going to go back to Houston with Jen Mueller. She is standing by with Daryl Taylor right now. I think you were underplaying or um, downplaying the <laughs> impact you had on the success of the team today because anytime you take down a quarterback, that's a big, big play. Yeah. How'd you get there? Um, you know, just working my moves, ghost rush, powers, speed of power, anything like that. You know, just working my moves and uh, getting around the edge on the quarterback. Given what we'd seen of the rookie before, are you surprised at all that he started the game 14 for 14? He, he looked like he was more settled this time around as a starter than maybe earlier in the year. Yeah, you know, having those games under your belt, getting as many games as you can makes you more comfortable. Because I know when I first started the season, I wasn't as comfortable as I could be. But, you know, as the season went, it felt more comfortable to be out there getting those reps and getting those plays, you know, with everybody else. So what needed to change in that defense to make sure that you kept the pressure on him and kept him off balance? Because there was some there was some points that he fell into a nice rhythm. Yeah, we definitely just, you know, trying to get to the quarterback, you know, and tight coverage on third down. And, you know, we got our big guys stopping the run. So, you know, that's going to help everything out. Uh, you know, once they stop the run, first, second down, when we get to the quarterback on third down, we ain't really nothing they can do. That's why we had a second half shutout. To do that back-to-back weeks, what does that mean for the defense? Oh, man, that's so, it's, it's so great for our defense because we're building off that, you know. Um, we didn't play our best season early, so, you know, we're building back to what we know we can be, and it feels good. And two uh, second-half shutouts two weeks in a row, it just makes us feel better, even better about what we've been doing. The fact that the offense has put up some massive numbers, certainly today, in the last couple of weeks in the run game, what does that do for the entire team? Because it's not just about offensive outputs. Yeah. So I feel like once you know put the numbers up, it, it let the team you know fly around and make all the plays that we need to make. But um, it's really great for us, uh, our offense, to get going how they how they need to. And, you know, we uh, stop them on third down and get it back, get the ball back to the uh, offense so they can do it again. Lastly, scale of one to ten, you play division rival next week in the Rams. How confident does this team feel after back-to-back wins? Oh, we feel confident anyway. You know, we're supposed to get them when we had them at home, but it's okay. We feel comfortable, uh, I mean, really confident about how we played in the last two weeks and then going into this week coming up. All right, we'll see if they can build on that. Michael Bumpus, we'll get that back to you. Thank you, Jenna. And that was your guy before the game there, Big Ray. You said, look, you want DT to have a day. He got himself a sack. Probably could have had two. He leads the team now with six sacks. What do you see now of this dude? Yeah, I just the dude has just been a baller, I think, ever since he you know jumped on the field and was able to play full speed in the preseason. And some people didn't quite see what he was able to bring to the table because he didn't have stats. But if you just watch the way this dude was rushing the quarterback and some of the pressure that he was getting and then just taking some of the coaching he got from um, uh, from Carlos Dunlap, uh, I just knew that this dude was going to be a playmaker. And so, you know, had he not missed a, the, the game or so, like 
he might be on track. My bold prediction that was that he'd have 10 sacks for the year. And so I think he needs a, a, at least a double-digit sack game you know, coming up to kind of keep him back on pace. But I just like what he brings to the table. You know, a lot of athleticism. He can bend and get underneath uh, you know, the, the, the offensive tackles. He's doing a better job at setting the edge. He's doing a better job at being uh, holding contain on the backside. Sometimes he gets a little too nosy on the backside and, and lets runs pop out. But uh, essentially, this is this dude's rookie year, and he's been super productive and leading the team in sacks. I'm going to go out and say it, Ray. He's going to get that 10. Oh, yes. He's going to get that 10. Bam. All right, let's go back to Houston. Jim Miller standing by with Gerald Everett. Gerald, that play, that touchdown that you scored on, they reviewed it. I don't know that it can get any closer. How confident were you that you had broken the play? Well, I mean, you know, it come down to milliseconds on a play like that. But, you know, Russ did a great job of giving me the ball. And it was just a matter of who wanted it more. It was just, you know, mano y mano. So, and Desmond's, Desmond King's actually one of my close friends in the league. And so it was kind of ironic. You know, it was him. I didn't know who it was that hit me until I saw it on film. But, you know, it's, it didn't get closer than that, like you said. There were a couple of big plays that you made today. I like that end around, by yeah. the way. That was a nice play. Does it feel extra gratifying to you? Because I know that you were working hard this week to oh, get for back sure. in the plus call. For sure. Knowing the type of player that I want to be and what everybody expects of me and what I expect of myself and what we strive for up to this point, it's definitely, I definitely had a tough week and I wanted to be instrumental and go back to the basics and just harp on things that you know got me to this point. Lastly, Tyler Lockett, instrumental today. Right. He had some big third down catches and yep. the touchdown. Which was your favorite catch? Uh, I have to say probably the first one. Uh, whichever, I don't know, <laughs> whichever one that he uh, started swimming in the end zone, I joined in with him. But uh, it's fun playing with Tyler and, you know, all the rest of the guys. But he's a great guy. He deserves all the success that he's getting. All right. And you deserve a chance to go celebrate with your family. So you go do that. We'll get that back to the studio and the guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. And Turbo, man, this guy got right. Ball security, job security. We saw two hands on that football. He was not going to have a repeat from last week. Man, we saw two hands on that football. (laughs) (laughs) Did we ever, man? No, listen, it's great to see a guy. We talk about adversity. We talk about bouncing back and, you know, adversity really displaying who you are as a person, as a human being, man, whether it's in life and sports, man. And Gerald, man, came out today, uh, really executed the plays that he was asked to do, man. When he had the ball in his hands, he protected it, made some really good plays for this offense. And, you know, it was great to see him bounce back from a game uh, like that that he had last week. He scored a touchdown, and we're going to talk about that next when we run through these highlights. That's coming up next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Robert Turbin and Ray Roberts. You hear the music. You know what time it is. Time for these highlights. And, fellas, for two weeks in a row, we are talking about a W. Things started off kind of shaky for the Seahawks, though. Houston comes out. They go on a dry seven plays, 75 yards, capped off by this five-yard touchdown pass to Brevin Jordan. The play fake. Mills has time, steps up in the pocket. Now he's going to scramble right side, breaks a tackle, dumps it over the top, wide open in the back of the end zone is Jordan for a touchdown. Brevin Jordan, the rookie tight end out of Miami of Florida, as the Seahawks rallied up to try to stop Davis Mills. He just throws right behind him. For a touchdown, a five-yard gain. And so for one of the worst teams in the National Football League, they just drove right down the field on the Seahawks, throw in behind them for a touchdown pass, and the Texans lead 6-0. Yeah, as you watch this play unfold, the tight end was coming across the formation there. He was really open kind of early. I don't think Davis Mills saw him, but our defense just lost, lost track of him and was wide open in the back of the end zone. Great play by the offense. Seemed like we came out a bit slow. That time change oh, yeah. <laughs> might have got us a little bit. But 
Myers, he would respond. The Hawks would respond. They go on a nine-play, 56-yard drive and make a field goal, making the score 7-3. Houston would punt on their next possession. Then the Seahawks would get the football, and Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett for a 24-yard gain on first down. Single setback play fake to Penny. Russ looks, looks. Now he's going to throw. Downfield, got Lockett wide open. Makes the catch, taps his toes, falls out of bounds. Great catch right in front of the Texans bench. And Tyler Lockett on a roll here in this first quarter. A gain of about 24 yards as Tyler Lockett runs a nice in route and then back outside down the sidelines. And Houston just kind of lost him. Big first down reception. Man, we're going to have to start saying that all this dude does is catch touchdowns uh, because and crossing routes. Yeah. But uh, Or we're going to have to change his nickname to Tiptoe because that's what he's always doing, <laughs> tiptoeing on the sideline. But just great to see Russell and Tyler with that connection again for a touchdown. Love to see number 16 doing his thing. But this kid right here, we felt like he was going to have a big day. Rashad Penny would cap off a seven-play, 97-yard drive with this 32-yard touchdown making the score 10-7. Two tight ends on the right side, and that's the side Penny goes to, breaks free. Stiff arms a man down to the 20. He's going to go 15-10-5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Rashad Penny, 32 yards. And a big stiff arm, and he sticks it in the end zone. There are a lot of 12s who are loving it in the sunshine in Houston. And the Seahawks go on top 9-7. That is the man John Schneider drafted in the first round a couple of years back. Yeah, man, love to see it. And I love to see the way that Rashad Penny is running. He's running like he's trying to get somewhere. He's being decisive, man. He's no, he's not second-guessing any holes. He's running physical. You saw the stiff arm on that play. Great run. Great touchdown by Rashad Penny. The young man is healthy. Now, Houston would respond and tie it up with a field goal, making it 10-10. Then the Seahawks in Houston would trade punts, but then Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett for a 55-yard bomb for his fifth touchdown of the year, making the score 16-10. Sliding to his right side, stops, looks, throws deep. Got a man out there, Lockett. Wide open, touchdown, Seahawks! How in the world does Tyler Lockett get open as he hits the deck and swims the rest of the way? A 55-yard rainbow by Russell Wilson and the 12s, and there are a lot are going nuts and Houston 16-10 the Hawks lead you know the other thing that was impressive on that play was not just that Tyler Lockett scored another touchdown it was that the the ball from Russell like we haven't seen that big moonshot drop it right in the bread basket in a few weeks and so that's a good indication that that finger is feeling good and so there's probably more of those throws to come all right, in the second half, the Hawks will make a field goal on their second possession, but shut out this Houston offense. You know who got right today? Gerald Everett would cap off a 10-play, 63-yard drive in the fourth quarter with this score, making it 27-13. Play fake, looking. Now lays it up over the top. The ball is caught by Everett, but he's dropped at the one-foot line. No, they're going to say he broke the plane. The official says he broke the plane, and Everett kind of leaps into the end zone and gets tapped on the helmet. Boy, this is going to be close. After review, the ruling on the field stands. Touchdown. Yeah, this really was a great uh, play design. You saw Gerald Everett come across the formation. The defense is in man-to-man, so forcing that defender to kind of run through traffic as Gerald is coming across the formation. So great play design, and, man, protected that football, fought to get in the end zone. Kind of close, but it was a touchdown. He was in the flat just like he was last week. This time, he didn't kick that thing up. He held on to it for the touchdown. Now, again, Rashad Penny, man, 
doing his thing. 47-yard run, putting the game away, 33-13. Good to see him ball out. Second down and seven run by Penny. Left side, breaks one tackle. First down, he is gone. 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks. Rashad Penny breaks it at the line of scrimmage and takes off for 47 yards. There's a 100-plus day for the Seahawks, 137 yards for just Rashad Penny. What a game, and if you keep doing that, if you keep pounding that line of scrimmage and the defense, one of these is going to break, and Rashad has had two of them break today. The cool thing about this play is that on the first touchdown play, they had three tight ends down and they washed down the right side of the line. D. Eskridge came across the line, kicked out a defender, and Penny hit the hole for a touchdown. On this one, the offensive line, Gabe Jackson and Posick had a great team block up to the next level. Dwayne created some width in the pocket with his guy. And when, if you look at the film, when Penny hit the hole again, the guy that made the crucial seal block, D. Eskridge on one of mm. the, the second-level defenders that allowed him to get to the end zone. I am a receiver, and I appreciate the deep ball. But when a run comes together and there's bodies on bodies and the running back hits the gap, there's nothing more beautiful in football, in my opinion. All right, when we return, we'll give you our game MVPs and preview next week's opponent. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guys Robert Turbin and Ray Roberts. It's time for us to pick our game MVP. They're going to pick, and if I got to be the tiebreaker, I'll be the tiebreaker. There's like two obvious choices right here. I think there's a sleeper in there as well. I'm interested to see what my compadres have to say. I'm going to start off with Turbo. Who you got, man? Yes, sir. I think this is an easy one, man. Rashad Penny. 16 carries. What? 137 yards? 137. Man, two touchdowns. I mean, it's a big deal because the running game is where we've kind of lacked offensively throughout this season. Passing, Passing game as well, but... You know, Tyler is a, you know, could be it, but you know, we know what we're gonna get from the passing game. I feel like for the most part, man, to see Rashad bounce back from the injuries, uh, from some of the mental things he's had to the mental hurdles he's had to overcome, great to see him ball out. He's the MVP of this game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, like you said, Penny, you know, uh Lockett had five catches, hundred and forty two yards and a touchdown. And just as we're doing this, I just want to point out on offense, there were zero sacks. There was 193 yards rushing. It was 53% third down conversion, and there was no turnovers. I don't know when Seahawks have had that stat line in a long, long time. But I want to go back to the impact thing. Even though Penny had the stats to go with it, he had today the stats and the impact. Because I think a lot of guys on the team were pulling for Penny. Yeah. Like when you see how they celebrate, you see how uh, you know Pete Carroll talked about it, how excited they were for him. Uh, to me, that is what elevates his play to the MVP of the of the game over Tyler Lockett, who you know we've seen Tyler Tyler Lockett have these types of performances before. But w- this is what we've been waiting to see from Penny, and so he finally did it. Sixteen carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. You know, 8.6 yards a carry. You know, he had some yardage after contact with the stiff arm and getting through the holes and all that kind of stuff. Did a good job in pass protection. They were talking about that again today. So, as an all-around uh, MVP, I'm going with uh, Rashad Penny. Yeah, and I agree with you guys. Like We've seen performances like this from Tyler Lockett. We've been waiting four seasons to have a performance like this from Rashad Penny. And then we listen to him speak during the interviews and just how the mental battles that mm-hmm. he's been going through, man, and and for him to persevere and show up like this, I think is awesome. Then we heard Pete Carroll say, he goes, look, man, 
it was him or Collins. We're going to go with the hot hand. The first time this man touched the ball, it looked different. I'm like, ooh, we. This guy is ready to go. He looks healthy. He looks explosive. So, yes, I agree. Unanimous decision. Rashad Penny is this week's game MVP. I'm hoping that he can duplicate this next week and just finish this season strong. Turbo mentioned it, man. The run game, If when the Hawks run the football well, they win ball games. Simple as that. I've seen Russ throw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and lose a ball game. When you run for 193 yards and you dominate on the ground, you win ball games. All right, when we return, we are going to look ahead to the Los Angeles round. That's next week's opponent right here on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guys, Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. It's time to look ahead. Yes, we just got done with the game. They went down to Houston, got her done. Now they got to go back to where I'm from. My wife is actually from Inglewood. She was born okay. there. Okay. Um, but she don't. She ain't from there. I tell her all the time, like, babe, if I drop you off in Inglewood right now, you are lost. Okay, so <laughs> it ain't the same. It ain't the same. She can claim it. I love you, babe. I think you're listening right now. You can claim it. But the Hawks are going down to Los Angeles to play these Rams, and we know what they got over there. Hey, you know Utah State playing the day before in the in the bowl, the first L.A. Jimmy Kimmel bowl game, okay, man. Okay. You know what I mean? Just you know that. Where's it at? Is that SoFi too? Is that SoFi? All right. You I'm going to watch mean? now. You going to watch? I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. I might be there, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you going to make the flight back, though? Of course, man. I can't miss the, I can't miss the broadcast with the All squad. Right, just making sure, y'all man. Y'all my new, you know, y'all my brothers. Y'all my team, man. <laughs> just so, making sure. Right. You got to be here for this. <laughs> so, we know offensively they got some weapons, man. You got Matthew Stafford, who started off the season hot, was supposed to be the savior of this offense. Did that, hit a rough patch. They lost to the Titans, the Niners, and the Packers all back-to-back. They got right against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who doesn't get right against the Jacksonville Jaguars? But we look at this roster offensively, Ray, and we know that it's going to be a tough – it's going to be tough. You got Cooper Cup, one of the best receivers in the league, 1,300 yards. He's killing it right now. You add Odell Beckham to the mix. You still have Van Jefferson, who's doing his thing as well. Tyler Higby, they have a good tight end over there. And for some reason, Pete Carroll has struggled against the L.A. Rams. Three – and seven against Sean McVay. What is it about this team that just gives the Seattle Seahawks fits? Well, out of all those dudes you named, those aren't the dudes that normally give this team fits. That it's the running game. Mm. And if they if they cannot stop the running game, they will not win this game unless the offense can outscore uh, the Rams. Because even if you look at the, the, the games last year, especially the playoff game, or, well, the last regular season game and the playoff game, they ran the ball really, really well against this defense. And so they have two runners in Henderson and, and Sony Michelle, who, you know, both of them are, you know, over 400 yards rushing and both of them average four plus yards a carry. Uh, so you're going to have to stop the run first. If they cannot stop the run in the first 15 plays, it's going to be a long day for the Seahawks. Mm. Yeah, make Matthew Stafford beat you. I mean, listen, he has a big arm and, uh, you know, he's still kind of fighting that continuity. He's got a new receiver out there with Odell Beckham, right? Uh, but he's got some great continuity with Cooper. They're having a great season together. Uh, but I think, like Ray said, if you can stop the run, man, it'll it'll benefit your defense. I mean, with the Rams' offense, if they're able to run the ball, you know, Sean McVay and their scheme, it's so dynamic. If you can't stop the run, there's so many different things that they can do. I think they do a great job getting guys involved, getting guys open within the scheme of their offense. So we got to be able to take one thing away. If we take away the run game, it'll benefit us and give us a chance to win that football game. And defensively, they got some guys too. Leonard Floyd has eight sacks. Aaron Donald has seven sacks. You have Taylor Rapp, the UW kid over there. You got Jalen Ramsey. They added Von Miller to the mix. I mentioned earlier, man, this looked like an L.A. team, all the stars on that football team. 
and they just get up for the Seahawks. So I expect it to be a tough one. The Hawks have to try to duplicate what they did today. Run yeah. the football, take care of it. Absolutely. It it's it's going to mm-hmm. start with running the football. And uh, because this defensive line, like I said before, regardless of what level that the Seahawks have been playing at, this defensive line has always given them problems. You know, every single year they've given them problems. So they're going to have to come out and really, you know, man this this game. Uh, Jake Curran is going to have a tough time against Floyd and against uh, Vaughn Miller. So he's going to have to really – Ernest Pay or Brendan Shell is back. They're going to have to help him out over there. And one way to do that is by running the ball. And so if they, if they can put together, you know, you don't have to, Rashad doesn't have to rush for 137 yards, but you have to have an effective running game to kind of keep that off, that defensive line in check. Absolutely. And I think the acquisition of AP is really going to show itself in this football game. I think, for, you know, for me, the one of the things with the Rams is when they're playing ahead, that's when they're at their best. When 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 they're getting hit back, that's when you can really get them. That's when you can catch them lacking. You know what I mean? You got to go at, for, with a team like the Rams, all these stars and, you know, these guys that can make plays. Man, if you can be physical and go at these guys, that gives you the best best advantage and chance to beat them and win the football game. Got to make it what Ray calls a snot bubble type yes. game. Yes. Slugfest, yes. baby. Or, or you can be like uh, D, uh, DJ Fluker uh, a, a few years ago said <laughs> – he was taking uh, Indomitian Sioux to the to the uh, water. To the water, yeah. <laughs> taking it to the water, you know what I'm saying? So so we need some linemen that are taking some of those D-linemen to the water. Absolutely. Oh, we know we've been missing some guys on that old line D-line's got to hold it down. It's all about the big boys. It's always about the big boys when it comes to football, protecting the quarterback and getting after these guys. Today's final score, Seahawks 33, Texans 13. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, NASA Chobie. The Seahawks are back on the road next week as they head to Inglewood for a rematch with the Rams. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks get it done in Houston, 33-13.